This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. But before we get to all of that, an introduction is in order. So for those who didn't listen to the last episode, our good friend Jim Ryan has left Peak Northwest as he moves uh, on from the Oregonian to a job at the Seattle Times. I can speak for all of us here at the O and I say that we are both very excited for Jim and super sad to see him go. Of course, the pod must go on. And so I am very excited to introduce our new co-host here at Peak Northwest, Vicki Connor. Vicki, it's so good to have you here. I am so excited to be here. I feel like we need to cue some like applause or something. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) confetti fall. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I can't believe Jim is gone. Well, he's still with us, but you know, just just moving a few hours, (laughs) a few hours north. Jim will thrive there. Um, But I have some big, some big shoes to fill. And I'm excited about it, though. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even necessarily think about it as you filling gym shoes, but as like you bringing your own shoes in. It's like a new pair of hiking boots here uh, on the Peak Northwest podcast. And I felt like today might be a good opportunity to introduce listeners to the person in those hiking boots, which is you and who you are and what you're interested in and what you're getting up to. But first, I feel like, you know, I I think what um, people naturally want to know about is like, you know, who are you? Where do you come from? Um, what's your background like? Definitely. Going off that metaphor also, we talked about this, Jim and I. He, his camp shoes of choice are Crocs and mine are Chacos. <laughs> oh and it really is truly a metaphor between us and the differences. Not really. There's probably not that much difference. But uh, <laughs> the differences in camp shoes is what we'll go with. So, yeah, I... I am from Maryland originally. I grew up there. I went to University of Maryland. Go Terps. Yeah. Awesome. I was really into playing soccer growing up. My first year of college, I played soccer. So I'm very into being active. That was pretty much my whole childhood. But, you know, instead of taking trips to national parks growing up, uh, I was going to soccer camps and doing all of that. And um, I played soccer my first year of college, and then I realized I didn't want to play soccer anymore, but I still wanted to stay active. And when I transferred to University of Maryland, one of the first things upon going to school there, there was a transfer to Terp 
trip uh, where you got to backpack the Appalachian Trail. And that was kind of my first intro into doing something, really immersing myself into the outdoors, learning the basic backpacking skills and stuff like that. So that's kind of where my love for the outdoors began. And from there, I did a few other backpacking trips. It's one of my favorite things to do. Got to backpack nine days in Chilean Patagonia, which was awesome. Um, And then I moved to Palm Springs after college, and I lived uh, in Southern California for three and a half years. Before last July, I moved to Portland, Oregon to work at the Oregonian. And and you weren't hired at the Oregonian to to do this podcast or to do podcasting in general, like let's be clear, right? So you have been working in video, right? For your time so far here? Yes. The job I was hired to do was actually specifically for Peak Northwest, but just on the video front, directing, filming, going on the excursions, and then coming back and editing the video, along with other random assignments as well outside of Peak Northwest. But Peak Northwest video series was definitely the main thing I was hired to do. So you, you had an opportunity to get out with Jim and go do some of some of these kinds of outdoor adventures in that time period, I guess. Yeah, Jim and I have been on some really fun adventures, some great road trips. Our most recent video that we did, his his last episode was skajoring, which was <laughs> awesome. Skiing with dogs for those who didn't see the episode or listen to the podcast episode. So yeah, we've done skajoring. We have stayed at a state park cabin and brought along my dog Stella on that adventure. Um, We have done some scenic bikeways. The one that sticks out the most to me over the summer, our first episode was foraging for huckleberries and doing a little backpacking trip with that as well. That's like a nice variety you've had since being here. Some uh, yeah, some forest adventures, some skiing, some biking. It seems like you've, you've been able to get uh, a nice introduction to the different parts of the Northwest so far. Definitely. You know, we plan our video episodes to do one roughly about every month and a half. And so when I moved here, got the little taste of summertime, got the fall bike ride, got the winter skiing. So I really feel like Jim kind of took me on a tour of some of the best places while he was here. So excited to continue that on too. You know, it's interesting. When I I talk to people who are from um, the East Coast about Oregon, and I was just spending some time in DC, your your old neck of the woods, um, and talking to some folks out there about Oregon, what a lot of folks um, who aren't maybe from here, it seems like don't realize how diverse the ecosystems are here, like that there are volcanoes and there are deserts and there are rainforests and there are coastal beaches. What did you know about this area before you came? And have you been like surprised by anything? Hmm, that's a great question. One thing was for sure that I knew it was going to be a lot cooler temperatures than in SoCal. (laughs) But I was surprised because the day that I moved from Southern California, it was the same temperature between 105 and 110 degrees in Palm Springs when I left. (laughs) And it was also 
the same temperature when I arrived in Portland. So I was very uh. surprised by the heat wave. Um, I've been told that's not typical, but obviously who knows going forward. I'm always just mesmerized by when I go on hikes and seeing all the moss that's around. I was not familiar that there was a desert in Oregon, so mm-hmm. that's really cool. I have yet to go and explore that part of Oregon, but that's definitely on my list. I mean, I'm just constantly exploring what what else is out there. So, I mean, I I did definitely expect the wet, rainy, cold in the winter time. <laughs> so, Oregon definitely came through on that this spring, <laughs> this winter and spring. So you have like your your good rain gear at this point, I imagine. Yes. Okay. That was definitely on first thing on my list to do is get a solid pair of rain boots. I did have a pretty solid rain jacket that has done me well. Some rain pants were also great, especially when walking my dog. You mentioned your dog, Stella, already a little bit. It sounds like your dog is a part of your your outdoor adventures. She definitely is. And I will mention her a million times probably <laughs> on this podcast. But yeah, so Stella, I adopted her in Palm Springs. She's a desert dog. She is a husky German shepherd maybe cattle dog mix. She's a mutt. And she joins me on a lot of my adventures. She is extremely high energy, so she could hike and hike and hike. She's done 10 miles, knocked it out of the park. Easy. So she usually joins me um, on my hikes, on my runs. I think she could do great skajoring if she wants to take that up with me one day. And when she went with us to the cabin, the state park cabin, it's it's fun to explore what places are dog friendly where I can bring her. So that's always at the top of my mind. That's a whole other, I think, episode that we can and probably will end up doing um, is dog friendly adventures because that adds a whole other element, I'm sure, to how you travel, what you need to travel. As a person who doesn't own a dog, I feel like I have very little idea of what that's like, but I, I imagine it's just a, a whole list of other things you need to take into consideration. Definitely. It's a huge part of researching wherever you can go. You know, is she allowed on the trails? What hotel, accommodation, yurt, cabin, wherever you're staying, does it allow dogs? And, uh, you know, of course, courtesy things like always picking up after your dog, cleaning up her fur wherever she may leave it, all those good things. One of the things we love to do here on Peak Northwest is talk about different kinds of specific places, adventures to get up to. And what I am really curious about is where you are planning to travel to, places you want to visit, all that kind of stuff. But first, we are going to take a short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back talking with our new co-host, Vicki Connor, about all her different various ideas, dreams, travel uh, adventures, maybe on the horizon. Vicki, you had talked about already getting up to a bunch of really cool stuff since coming to Oregon last summer. I- I'm just so curious, like, you know, 
do you have like a bucket list of like, here are some ideas I gotta, I gotta, you know, check off some places I gotta see? Definitely. One of my closest friends uh, lives up in Seattle. And so we'll often team up and go on different adventures together. Something that has been on my list just a general thing is to climb climb some mountains, climb some peaks. There you go. So uh, I figured I, I'll, I'll start off with one of the quote unquote easier ones <laughs> um, and try at least to get a permit first off to climb Mount St. Helens. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that pans out, whether that happens in June, I know there's still some permits left, or maybe it'll be pushed back to July. But I would love to do that. And uh, kind of just doing some research on that now to prepare myself. But I would also love to take a trip down to the southern Oregon coast. And I know, Jamie, yes. that's something that you are just very familiar with. So I know you can provide <laughs> me with all the tips, all the places, to all the beaches to oh, yeah. see. And all the places to eat, too, because That's that right. is also a priority. That's right. I like that. We, of course, um, just did an episode about Southern Coast. Um, so uh, folks can go back and listen to that. And Vicki, I'm happy to give you uh, further advice and uh, suggestions uh, for South Coast. It's such a great spot. There's there's so much to see there. What is it that draws you to the South Coast in particular? You know, I've taken a trip to Northern California, specifically Humboldt County, and I saw the rugged coastline there, specifically Trinidad. That was one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. And, you know, just walking along the water and you see starfish just just sitting in the water. And Mm -hmm. that's something to me that was mind-blowing. So um, I know that the Southern Oregon coast is similar and different. And I'd love to just see more of that rugged coastline and, um, you know, all the different rock formations and all the hidden beaches that I know you've mentioned before um, just sound like such a beautiful place to go. See the sunsets, especially, too. That's one of the biggest draws. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, one of the I think, the best aspects about the Oregon coast. People ask me about what, what makes the Oregon coast different than, say, California coast or the Washington coast. And the fact that the, the beaches the coastline itself is public and that there's such good access on Highway 101 all along the coast really makes it so you can explore so much and see so much really easily, which I I, I think is just such a great way to explore the Pacific coast. So, okay, we talked about the coast. You've talked about mountains. Um, are there any other places or types of ecosystems in the Northwest that you were like really feeling drawn to right now? So my partner is really into biking. Um, I'm a novice myself, but uh, anything from road biking to mountain biking. And so I think a trip out to Bend is something that's mm-hmm. definitely on our list to do. I've heard really great things and I actually don't know too, too much, but I know that it's just like a, a great mountain city to go visit. And uh, so I hear there's really great biking there. So that is also on my list. <laughs> Good biking, good beer, good food, uh, yeah. some desert attractions nearby if you want to get that Eastern Oregon experience. I love going out and checking out like the caves and the weird craters and volcanic rings and stuff like that. There's all kinds of cool stuff out there in Central Oregon. Oh, and one of the biggest things, I still have not been to Crater Lake. And oh, yeah. That is I can't tell where that ranks exactly on my list, but it's pretty high up there. 
how far is that drive? Oh, we, we talked about this recently on the podcast, I feel like, and I always forget. I want to say it's like five hours or so from Portland. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do a, a very quick uh, Google map search here because I have it up right here. Um, so we can't leave anyone astray, but we're, we're talking like, you know, a solid five hours. Yeah. From Portland, give or take, yeah. depending on which roads are open, um, what time of year you're going, how you're which direction you take. Yeah. Um, but you would join many other um, native Oregonians and longtime Oregonians and not quite getting to Crater Lake yet. If that ends up happening, it's one of those places that people just, you know, never seem to quite get to. And yet it is easily uh, one of the most, uh, if not the most, you know, scenically impressive natural landmarks in the state. Um, so I hope you're able to get out there sooner rather than later. I feel like every time I drive, I'm reminded by people's license plates that have the Crater Lake one. You still have yeah. not been there yet, Vicky. You need to go <laughs> to Crater Lake. I also heard there's a great bikeway that goes around the circumference of Crater Lake. So I'm looking to do that as well. That's a, a, a just an absolute classic bike ride. Um, the Ride the Rim event, which I, I believe we may have also done an episode on. Just a, a really, really great uh, way to get around the the lake. I mean, driving it is, is awesome too, but such a cool opportunity if you are into biking to ride around the rim of Crater Lake. What would you say, Jamie, is some things as a new Oregonian that I need to do? You know, need it need is tough, right? Because I always tell people it's like where where do you feel drawn to? You know, we talked about the you know the rain jacket and the boots. I think that's a good thing. You know, I, I would say just feel free to try new places, right? And I think that's the beauty of coming into a place as it like and like new. Like you don't have a lot of the sort of family places you've been going to for years, generations. And I think that's where people get stuck a lot is saying, I only go to the same beach that I've been going to since I was a kid, or I'm going to go to the same state park or the same lake, the same fishing spot that I've always gone to, which is great. And it's really nice to keep up those traditions, but I think it limits you on exploring different places. So I, I think you're already on this path of being able to bring in that excitement and um, that sort of fresh perspective of saying, wow, there's all these things to do, all these places to check out, um, follow that excitement and follow that joy and just see, you know, wherever your heart is drawn to. And I'd, I'd say, yeah, don't limit yourself. Uh, check out all the places you want and, uh, all the places you can get to. I think that's, that's the beauty of it. I will say one of the first peak Northwest podcast episodes I listened to was the one on Eagle Creek reopening after the fire. And the way you guys described it, I was like, oh, wow, I this is I need to go here. So I went on a day and miraculously the sun was out. The The sun was just making the moss and the water just, you know, it, it was glowing, essentially. So that was something that was so beautiful. And I went my full trip was about 11 miles of a hike, went down to, of course, Tunnel Falls. That's the mm -hmm. name, right? Tunnel Falls. Yep. <laughs> okay. Right. Went down to Tunnel Falls and Twister Falls is the one right yep. after that. Yeah. So I went to that and then turned back from there. But what I would like to do is a two-day backpacking trip and go mm. completely down to one end, camp there, and then head back. Um, not sure what else is past those two falls, but 
if it's anything else like the rest of the trail, I'm sure it is extremely <laughs> beautiful. It gets a, a little bit more rugged back there, as I understand. I've not done that back section up to Wadham Lake, um, but you know, I I know it's it's a a beautiful stretch, regardless. And really, you can't go wrong. It's like you know, even if there aren't more waterfalls, it's a really beautiful forest and one of the most beautiful places in the country. And I like that's if that's like the worst case scenario, um, that's pretty good. You know, some beautiful trees and some quiet, um, some, like you said, the, the sun illuminating the moss and the water. That's, I mean, that, that's great in and of itself. And there's so many places like that. I think that's another piece of, of sort of what we were talking about a minute ago is there's all these like, you know, really big name places, the big waterfalls and the big lakes and the popular trails and these cool rock formations. And that's great to explore. And I think, you know, people definitely should. And there's all these like really small spots, these little pockets of nature where it's maybe less awe inspiring um, in a certain way, but it's, it's really nice to sort of immerse yourself in these quieter pockets of nature where um, you can sort of begin to appreciate the small things, the little mushrooms growing up out of the ground, the different kinds of moss, you know, maybe there's a beaver paddling through the water. Um, that's also a part of what makes Oregon and Pacific Northwest such a beautiful place. All the little small things too. And I think it's taking this holistic approach to exploring the region that allows you to really fully understand and immerse yourself in it. Definitely. One of my first trips towards the Cannon Beach area, you know, just casually seeing elk munching on some grass, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it, it, of course, people are in awe and taking pictures, but other people are like, yeah, it's another day, another day at the Oregon coast, seeing some elk munching on grass. <laughs> That's right. Well, Vicky, I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to hear more about um, your adventures and travels, as I'm sure everyone listening will as you move forward. And I'm super excited to have you on the podcast and to continue on this journey with you. I am more than excited to be here. I am so open to recommendations. Like I said, I love hiking, backpacking. I'm also into kayaking. Intro to climbing is something that I'm tackling right now. And like I said, biking. So I'm more than open to recommendations. And just generally recommendations as a relatively new Oregonian are so welcome. Well, we will have plenty for you here moving forward. I am sure of that. But until next time, uh, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage online at OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale and Andrew Thien. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.